0: Hi, everyone. This is Charles from Templo Talk. I just wanted to say with the SAG strike in effect right now, I want to give a little notice before this episode of Templo Talk. The discussion and the interviews included were recorded before the SAG strike took effect. So even though you will hear interviews with actors, just understand that we recorded these before the strike. Thank you. Welcome to Templo Talk, a Mayans MC podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mike D'Angelo. And this is the podcast where we talk about everything Mayans, which has officially, sadly, aired its final episode. But, Mike, Angel and Maverick lived. <laughs> and bottles. Uh, everything we
1: wanted to happen, happened. With a giant punch in the balls. Um <laughs> That's how I would how I would equate it. It's just like, hey, you you get what you want, but I get to hit you really hard.
0: With yeah. At what do. cost? At what yeah. cost? <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. We'll we'll get to those those things in a bit because I, I'm a little unsure about bottles, but we'll 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 talk plenty about bottles. Don't worry. So for this episode, we're as always we're covering the latest episode of Mayans, which unfortunately was its series finale, which was titled "Slow to Bleed, Fair Son," and holy shit, I think Mayans pulled out all the stops for the finale. Bodies piled up. Isaac got his comeuppance. Easy went from the highest high to the lowest low. Potter showed why he's probably the biggest villain of the entire series. And so, so, so much more. And as always, we're going to break down the new episode, talk about what happened, our thoughts about how it all ended. Then at the end of the discussion, stick around because I have another interview. This one, uh, I get to speak with Clayton Cardenas, who, if you've seen the episode, serves a major, major role. And wow, I I really do think this was a special interview, uh, you can hear in his voice how much he has love for the show and everyone involved and, and how emotional it was to see it all end. We, we, of course, talk about the finale, what happens to Angel and Maverick. Uh, we cover it all. So make sure you stick around and listen to that. It also, I want to mention. Don't forget, tomorrow I'm going to share another episode. This time, it's just a just a straight interview episode with Elgin James, where we talk about the finale and what it's like uh, for him to finally step away from Mayans because he's devoted years and, and blood, sweat, and tears to this. So. That should be interesting too, so stick around for that tomorrow. But before we get to our discussion in this episode, I got to tell you the Templo Talk is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, Deep Focus, the Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, here we go. Let's let's talk about it, Mike. Yay. I'll start by saying that uh, we both got to see this episode really early, and I got to see it a couple days before, Mike. And I was like, you know, teasing the (laughs) hell out of it, but I couldn't say anything. And then Mike watches the episode and immediately texts me saying, fuck with all those (laughs) use over and over again. (laughs) Uh, So so I'll have to I'll have to get to the parts. I'll have to pick your brain about what hit you the hardest, but we start with uh, Felipe's funeral. We get confirmation that yes, in the body bag was Felipe. It's, you know, a funeral scene, nothing, nothing too outrageous there, except there's one thing that I think kind of stands above the rest, which is Miguel shows up. And it's this kind of sweet scene where Angel, cle- or I'm sorry, not Angel. I'm sorry. He, uh, Miguel clearly wants to talk to Angel and easy. And in his hands, you see, he's got like evidence that they're brothers, but Easy being a bit of a dick, understandably, I will say, because him and Miguel haven't gotten along for years, just says, you're not welcome here, leave. And we we get the resolution of the Brotherhood story, which has been going for a couple of years with zero resolution, I guess. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it's heartbreaking, but it's also it's it's emblematic of their nature, you know, yeah. like they are doomed men because of the choices they make and Miguel had all this like hope and and maybe even you know as momentary as it might have been going in he he thought he might have some brothers after this traumatic event but obviously the easy and angel have no interest well it seems like angel might have been open to it but easy right. really had no interest in finding out whatever miguel had to say which, you know, it's sad. You want them to, like, come together in that moment, but it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't feel true to the the story they're telling, right, Right. if they got the, that resolution.
0: That's what I kept thinking, too, is I'm watching this and, and, you know, the fan in you is like, oh, I just, I want them to know, right, just know. Yeah but but then it it really wouldn't make sense like what did we expect to happen are they going to hug it out and be like oh shit brothers you know no they're <laughs> never going to do that even if they did find out and miguel it's it's a we'll, we'll continue with him a little later but for him it's it's a little too late right like he had chances he had a lot of chances even with just felipe and he never really seemed to to want to do that and now he has this change of heart because he's kind of turned over a Uh, you know a new leaf and he wants to be the guy who takes down potter and and start fresh with his family and it's like well it's a bit too late right
1: yeah he's he's thinking this is his fresh start and maybe that fresh start includes brothers right right but obviously he he doesn't get much of anything that he's thinking
0: he's gonna get (laughs) yeah we'll get to that in a second um oh man so we we leave the funeral and easy is shocked to see potter who just is everywhere and is such a dick, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about him in a bit, but this I think is a really interesting kind of tease for what's to come. Cause it's Potter basically going to to easy and saying, you know, Hey, we're meaningless. And easy's like, wow, what a fucking thing to say at a funeral. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Potter basically is saying, you know, like the, the, whole shtick about this is a big, huge universe and we're just little pieces and nothing we do matters. And, and he ends it by saying, when that end comes for you, Ezekiel, know that somewhere the birds will still sing. And it's it's not as ominous as it could have been, obviously, but it's just enough where you're thinking like, uh-oh. Um, right. I think got- that's
1: Potter's way of being nice Yeah. at a yeah. funeral. <laughs> like, it, it almost comes off as a threat because it's Potter, but man... I think he really didn't have
0: malice in that, you know? No, I no. think it was just... <laughs> and he ends it with saying good day, you know? Like he doesn't... Yeah. And we, we saw last episode, we saw Potter kind of unleashed and he can be very vicious. But this is, the yeah, this definitely does seem like Potter's trying to provide a little bit of comfort in a Potter way, but also knowing full well the end is coming. So prepare, but also it's okay. Yeah. So then we get to kind of the <laughs> the end of the sun's storyline which happens really quick in this episode but we get where jess has been missing obviously and her sister's crying about it to terry who's uh the vp of the sons under isaac and she's basically saying like you know this is my fault i can't believe it we should have never gotten involved blah 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 and and terry's just kind of taking it and we saw last episode terry's kind of had this sort of come to Jesus moment where he realizes that Isaac is is leading them astray and is crazy and you know something has to be done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so we we then after a brief little thing where Bottles and uh Sophia talk about the dog and the dog talking about or uh, the dog talking it's the dog sniffing Sophia Bottles says, you know, hey this is what happens when women are pregnant. Yeah leading to that. But after that little interstitial, we get to Terry or easy arriving at the clubhouse and he finds that Terry is there. And Terry is uh, is totally calm and just says like, hey, I just want to know what happened to Jess. And if you tell me what happened to Jess, I'll tell you what happened to your dad. And and that's all that's said. And we have to assume that, you know, Terry just kind of spills the beans and and breaks the trust of the sons. So, were you surprised to see that happen? Uh, well, I mean,
1: looking back now, it's kind of obvious that Terry was on a slow, like, yeah, you know, disengaging from the sons, and it, you know, it really it became more solidified when he ended up killing his brothers to free what, what's her nuts, uh, Jess, or, yeah. or what the chest that he freed? Yeah. No, no, uh, no. He
0: he freed hope. Hope. Yes. Sorry.
1: Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was something that the writing was on the wall. You didn't think he would walk into the belly in the be- belly of the beast, but you know, at, at the
0: same time, he just wanted Jess back. Yeah. So then we get easy's war cry basically, and he's gathered the grim bastards. He's gathered all the Mayans, uh, to the clubhouse at Santo Padre and gives a, a really moving speech where he talks about like, you know, Hey, we're, we're doing this not because we have hate in our hearts but because we have love for our brothers and we would you know ride into hell because of our brothers and our love and tonight he's like if you follow me then i promise you we'll we'll be partying tonight and we'll everything will be great and it seems to really get the the mayans and everybody jacked up people are people are excited i got to say this is uh, a really interesting scene for me because i watched it being filmed yeah this was the big scene, I, I was there on set and I saw all the takes of this. And I got to tell you, the first time uh, I heard it, it gave me chills a little bit to hear it because I'm there and, you know, I'm I'm watching J.D. Pardo deliver this to a whole group of people. All those extras are there and they're cheering and, and you could feel it like almost vibrate the ground. It was it was that intense. So really cool to see it all kind of come together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you think about his speech? Was it? Was it good? Is Easy earning the crown? He, it,
1: it, I mean, in one way, it's just him kind of finalizing where he is on his road, you know? Like, mm. he's, he's talking about brotherhood and how bought in he is for war and violence. Like, this whole season, he's just been going down that road further and further. And it's just all about death and conquering and all of that stuff. And all that ever leads you to is your own undoing so it should have just been giant neon signs for what was upcoming in the episode right but it's it's easy's kind of final the the warrior part was his his final goodbye within this you know that 20 minutes where he's at war with the the sons and whatnot but yeah yeah, you go ahead
0: I was gonna say, yeah, it's, it's only 20 minutes too. <laughs> like <Okay. laughs> this whole season-long buildup of Isaac's reign of terror is taken out really quickly. Because what ends up happening is the Mayans go to a punk show that the Suns are are enjoying and they just start a bar fight. And because they have so many people and they have the element of surprise, the Mayans make kind of quick work of the Suns, and Isaac's like running for his life in an alley and he's he's well, like really, thrown down the stairs <laughs> yeah he's really hurt and he's like crawling away laughing crying screaming and he says like wait this can't be it i was right it's you speaking to uh to easy he says it was you but there has to be more wait i'm not ready for this to be over and all easy does is pull out a gun and shoots him dead yeah what was what were you thinking because i'll tell you when i saw this i was like wow that that's it huh <laughs> that at that point i was like that's the realest fucking death ever you know yeah. like
1: a guy like that has all this build up in his head like his death is going to mean something and ultimately it means nothing you know yeah. it's 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 over just like that like you want it to be all of this and that and ultimately it's just bang and you're gone so that's that's the road that these guys have put themselves on and the only way out is out just getting out and that's what we've been saying like this whole time like the only way out of this isn't like conquering it's just getting out of the cycle man
0: yeah and that and that's what it is it is a vicious cycle we'll, we'll talk about that more uh when we get to uh easy and, and angel but yeah it's it's it is fitting and it's, it's really nice. It's a cheerworthy moment really. Um, Yeah. Because, because Isaac has, like you said, been trying to do, it hasn't been like elaborate plans, but everything is so theatrical with him. You know, he makes like, he burns people alive and, and he goes and he breaks down people's doors. And, and all this was, was, you know, the Mayans had more people and surprise. They took, they took them out at a show and Mm -hmm. in a dirty, dingy, unlit alleyway he gets killed lying yeah. in in he, dirt
1: he knew he was the villain of the story and he leaned into it and he chose easy to be the hero that that slays him but even then he wasn't satisfied with the ending because he you know he just wanted to keep the war going he, yeah. he wanted more
0: yeah so so that's it for isaac uh wham yeah. bam done we still have an hour of a show left and, and so they 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 have a party as Easy promised. Everything's great. There's one scene where Bishop meets Trini, the the girl he's had an on again off again relationship from uh, the clubhouse, and she has a moment that's almost cheerworthy too, where she says, "You know, hey, you're a beautiful sad man, but you're also a piece of shit. I gotta go figure <laughs> my own shit out, and baby, you ain't it." And I'm like, "That is good for you, man. That's a pop song right there, isn't it?" Though, but uh, <laughs> but it was really great, like. it it is this moment where you're like yeah bishop is a dick you know (laughs) like yeah finally somebody calls him out on it and except both women call him out on it but but this one was the one that he was like trying to fall back on and she's like no i'm not here for it
1: yeah your your side chick ain't gonna stand for that no because yeah he keeps he he put him on that road put himself on that road as well yeah. You know, like he had every opportunity to be a good guy and and have his life outside of the Mayans and chose to just keep fucking up and keep fucking up.
0: Yeah, he definitely chooses the, the patch over everything else. Well, then we get a little bit where Hank talks to uh, some people about what we have to do about Jess or uh, the fallout of Jess, because the bartender Cielo, who's been in and out of the show for years now, is has been asking about. What, what's up with Jess. Jess isn't showing up to work. And so they, they tell Downer to uh, go take care of her. <laughs> and we all know what that means. Let's just move ahead to that one because that one I think is very interesting. So Downer goes to Cielo's house and she's clearly shook. Like she knows she's smart enough to know that something happened to Jess that she doesn't want to know about. And Downer's like, hey, we need to, you need to go on a ride with me. And as we know, whenever a Mayan says like, <laughs> when a Mayan shows up in a pickup truck and not their bike and says we need to go for a ride, you don't get in that van or you don't get in yeah. that vehicle. And and she knows that too. And she gets in there, but she sees that he's got his knife kind of exposed and she just brutally stabs the shit out of him before he can get kind of a word in edgewise. And after she's done and she thinks she's won, she looks and he had a, a, a like a bus ticket or a plane ticket. And he was just Is giving her. Is that what he had
1: in his hand? I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, yeah. Man. And
0: he was giving her a, a, a chance to leave. And she's like, no, and it's it's really heartbreaking, I thought. And and that, of course, leads to kind of the end of things. But uh, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, it,
1: it's another mark in this story where, you know, nobody who is in this world gets a happy ending. No, they may get out. They may make it all out of this story alive, but nobody gets a happy ending. They don't get out without you know, marking themselves probably permanently. Yeah. So, and even down to like this, this girl who is just a bartender for the Mayans, you know, she asked the wrong questions.
0: Yeah. And and it, she didn't ask the wrong questions in her mind. She was asking obvious questions like, hey, where's my friend and co- co-worker like you know, mm-hmm. what do we know? What's wrong? And and the Mayans take it as up. Oh, she's sniffing around. We gotta get rid of her, <laughs> kill her, <laughs> okay, you know, or or whatever. And in this case, they were just gonna like you know figure out a way for her to go and live. But you know, she knows what's up. She's she's she hears talks. She sees things happen. She was there for the war in season four when the Mayans were killing each other. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah, I I completely understood both why she did it and why she was heartbroken. Okay. And and she does what you know, is probably the smartest move. She just goes to the cops because yeah. she's out of out of choices. And, we'll, and we'll, we know what happens with that, but we'll get to that in a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. So after the party, Sophia takes a pregnancy test. She's pregnant. We, you know, it, it's never we know confirmed. It, yeah. we, but she, we, we know. And we get another scene where, well, we get kind of the end of Marcus, right? Uh, Marcus yeah. Alvarez, who we didn't see at all last episode. His, his wife is finally giving birth and he's holding his kid and there's a scene where bishop comes to him and they have this really great talk where where marcus just admits like i'm done like i can't i can't i can't be angry anymore i can't be doing dumb shit i gotta try to live as long as i can because i think he says like you know how much time do i have left do i get to see him in as a teenager is graduation like i'm not gonna see him you know, hit my grandkids and Bishop has the line says he could always knock up some chick when he's 13. Hilarious. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. But, but Bishop, as we've seen previously says to Marcus, like, Hey, you're right, dude, just stay here. Do what you're doing. Don't come back. And, you know, Bishop obviously has, has other reasons for, for being adamant about this because of his own uh, situation with what happened to his kids or his kid. But what did, what did you think of that? Was that kind of a nice fitting end for Marcus? Yeah
1: that that actually you know what I I said no one got a happy ending in this show but the the person that you thought was doomed to kind of get ram like pulled back into this mess actually got out almost almost scot free you know yeah like you thought Marcus was slowly going to be pulled back into this mess and probably die tragically because of it and ultimately his brother gets to tell him that he's on the right path, just being away from it. You got out, spend every second with these kids that you can enjoy it. Like the yeah. only way to stop this violence is to just stop, like yeah. get out, be separate from it. And that's a lot of these characters are are faced with that at some point, but rarely do they actually get out. And Marcus finally gets his, like he gets this happy ending, which I did not see coming I thought definitely he would be pulled into this war with the sons at some point, but I'm really glad to see that he did not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is kind of bittersweet for him because like one of a uh, few of his OG Mayan brothers like do die and, and that sucks. And and there's a lot of unresolved things. He's still obviously upset and angry with easy and, and the direction of the Mayans. but yeah, he does the right thing. He leaves and, and good for him. Absolutely. So we get a moment with easy looking at Sophia because he's about to leave to go uh, on a ride with with Angel because Angel has something he wants to talk about. We'll quickly just mention that in between that, Letty uh, goes to Luis and and asks for a gun and he gives her a gun because he's a a good dude, a little bit dumb, but a good guy. And And he says, what's this for? And she's like, I'm going to kill everyone in a Mayan's cut. And he's like, nope, I'm going to take my gun back. Um, (laughs) And she's like, no, I'll shoot you then. And he's like, okay, fine. But basically telling her like, that's a death wish. What are you doing? But whatever, Letty will be Letty. Mm -hmm. And then we get, well, here, let's just talk about the Miguel and Emily stuff. So we get a scene where Miguel is talking with Emily and, and Miguel's you know, having a good day because he knows he's going to go talk to the deputy deputy inspector general. He's going to turn in everything about Potter. They're going to get immunity. Things are going to go great. He even asks Emily to wear her wedding ring as kind of a, a sign that she believes. And everything seems to be going all right, except when <laughs> when Miguel's about to leave later, he mm-hmm. he gets killed by Emily, who shoots him. And then she goes and shoots the bodyguard, And what we find out is that scene where she was directing the the guy installing the cameras to make sure it was at a very specific angle. It was to set up everything so that it looked like the bodyguard killed Miguel and then shot himself. What, what do you think about that? Yeah.
1: I mean, you knew something was going to come to a head with Emily and that she, uh, I, I almost thought that maybe she would try to escape and then just be doomed and, you know, pulled back into this life forever. But, she planned it to the very second and executed it perfectly. And she's got her kid and she's out. You know, she's out. She's fucking
0: out. And Dude, her for- and Marcus so far, they got out uh, yeah, man. <laughs> relatively unscathed. And and who yeah. knows? Like, she might be set. We don't know, like, her money situation or anything. But she got out at the perfect time, too, because Lord knows after what happened to Louisa, like, the cartel business is is a wreck right now. So, yeah, good for her, man. Uh, yeah. I was when when I saw I, I hope like you you were watching the last episode thinking like okay just cameras whatever and then when this happens and you realize that she's like asking for a gun or like leave a gun here you go up without a gun blah 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 you're like yeah. oh so yeah I, I loved it I was so happy to see her take her power back get rid of you know Miguel even though in my interview with with Sarah Bulger she said you know even though Miguel thinks everything's great she can't go back because she knows that Miguel isn't a good dude and has yeah. really done fucked up shit in the past to her. Um, yeah. So, you know, even though there are probably people thinking like, well, maybe they could have had a happy ending. I don't think that was, yeah, ever they in give the cards. Miguel
1: a small amount of redemption enough for me, for you to go, well, maybe he deserves to get out, you know, mm-hmm. and, but then you really think about it and you're like, no, this guy is an absolute terror. And does not deserve to keep going, does not deserve to have a happy ending life with his family. Um, he got it. He got you know
0: what what he had coming to him. He did. He did. Uh, so not R.I.P. Miguel. Screw you, Miguel. Yay, <laughs> Yay Emily. <laughs> Fuck you, Miguel. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Easy and Angel's ride. So after after the celebration, Angel is clearly looking for for the time to tell his brother that he wants out and this ride is it and it's really sweet because we see them racing which is fun they go to these train tracks like on a bridge they joke about like who banged who on these tracks <laughs> and what car it's it's a lot of fun a lot I of wouldn't fun. run a black light over these tracks yeah. <laughs> it, it's the stuff that we saw in the early seasons um yeah before before things really kind of started to, to go downhill for easy and it was really nice to say that and and there are moments like where where Angel says, you know, I'm sorry that you didn't get to say goodbye to dad. And and Easy has this kind of like sad moment where he says we knew where we stood, which wasn't good. Um, yeah,
1: I was going to say that where you stood was not a good place. No, so no, that's not exactly closure.
0: But but then we get to the real thing, which is Angel says like, hey, look, I'm the reason why dad died because I was living with him. They were coming for me. Now we don't have dad you know, you are the king of the Mayans. I'm the only thing that Maverick has. Luis is gone. I need to get out. And he says, I have to live for him. And Easy says some really kind of sad things. He says like, you know, when I was in prison, the only reason I didn't kill myself was not because of dad or mom or Emily It was because of you. And he says, do you remember what you said to me when when i went away to college and and it was you can go but don't fuck it up so easy says hey look you can go but don't fuck it up um Mm -hmm. and easy says we just got to bring it to the table tonight everything will be great and then angel says to him you did it you put the Mayans on top just like you said some shit no one else could ever done not bishop not even alvarez you truly are the one king but you're still my annoying ass know-it-all little brother (laughs) and I I love that moment but uh what did you think of all that
1: yeah it's the last moment of humanity for easy like you get to see him drop it for just a scene like you realize that there's still a human being in there outside of all this like calloused evil truly evil shit that he's done um and you're like oh man like was it all just for the sake of this and now he gets to be a human again but obviously, plants are are a little different in Elton yeah. James world.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a really sweet, touching moment. I think. Uh, I think both actors like knock it out of the park. Clayton it's and awesome. JD like yeah. just like their little tears, but they just like kind of keep it together. And yeah, it's it's beautifully shot. Like they got like golden hour perfectly. Like ah, just a really great scene. I was very pleased with that. Mm-hmm. And then we get the clubhouse. Let's just skip ahead to the clubhouse here. We we get the moment where uh, Easy says, "Hey, I got to talk to you guys about something." I, I Angel needs to go, and the whole time, well, let's back it up. I forgot to tell you, uh, yeah. Katie slash Cody goes to see Bishop. We don't know why. Uh, well, we know why, but we don't know what they say. But we assume that she sp- says that Easy's the rat mm-hmm. because this is part of the plan between with her and potter so this whole time you the the camera kind of pans between easy talking about angel angel talking to the club and then bishop just shooting daggers with his eyes and i don't know about you were you thinking like oh shit well i was wondering if he's like saving it you know yeah is
1: this information that he's going to use or is he like what's going on here because obviously he knows yeah but I was wondering if he was the one that they were like, oh, that that person's not here yet. Well, then just let's just start without him. I was like, oh, well that would make sense if he, you know, the news doesn't get dropped yet. But then you see that Bishop is there, everybody's there, and you're just like, uh oh, yeah. What what's he holding on for?
0: <laughs> yeah, and so we get we get this moment where Easy's like, all right, we're gonna vote about Angel leaving the club, and well, hold on one second,
2: amigos.
0: Hello. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Hell yeah. So uh surprise, Mike. We have bottles. Bottles. (laughs) What's
2: up, Mike? What's up, what's up, up, dude? So
0: thanks for joining us, Alex Barone, aka bottles. Since we've been doing this podcast, you've been very supportive and sharing it on social media. So I reached out to you to thank you. And uh, I, you obviously know, because I think I believe you've listened that, that Mike and I are definitely team bottles. So uh, it's awesome to talk to you.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So we were just actually talking about the scene at the table at the end uh, before Easy gets it, but but we'll get we'll pause that discussion because I have some questions I want to ask you real quick if we could. You were the breakout character of Mayans, and or at least in our eyes for yeah, season but- five. Um, bottles fan club right here yeah did you ever talk to elgin about the possibility of of bottles being a fan favorite or is that just kind of something that came as a surprise
2: no um i mean this whole experience has kind of been a surprise episode by episode bit by bit um i think elgin i don't know whether or not he he foresaw like how it was going to play out or anything but no i had i had no idea that i would even be in the 10 episodes and where bottles was headed I knew where I wanted to be going. I just didn't know, know the plans behind the scenes, but you know, I just showed up day by day and got the same script as everybody else. A couple days before shooting and, and um, just, just ran with it. I had a blast. Yeah.
0: Did you, did you talk with Elgin before? I, I've talked to so many of the cast members and they've kind of given me the variation of the same story, which is Elgin sits and he talks and he really kind of gets into like who you are as a person and kind of who, what, what, makes you tick and then incorporates that into the show and we saw i forget what episode it was but it was the birth of amigos where you and elio talk about your past as bottles and the surgeries and everything and mike and i were like you know we wonder how much of that is true so i would love to to talk to you and and have you explain like how that scene came about how much of of bottles story is your story and and what that story is
2: yeah, you know, Elgin is so rad, like that. Where that is all true. What you said about him sitting down with you uh, prior to shooting to get to know know you and and see kind of who you are. And I think he he's just very like intuitive too about about your character and about who you are just by talking to you and hearing about you. But yeah, he he brought me in his office the the first day of shooting and and we chatted for a while. He told me his backstory and, and what was up with his world, and and I told him about mine and. Part of my backstory was having about forty-five surgeries growing up between the ages of like seven to seventeen, um, and that kind of made me who who I am. But I think the the kicker to to sharing our stories was I Elgin's like, well, would you want that included to in you know as bottles in the character and in the show? And I was like, well, um, I, I suggested like as long as it's not kind of in a sad way because in, in TV and film a lot of the times you if a character does have a difference, a limb difference or, or a so-called disability or something like that or abnormality, that they're portrayed almost in a sad light. Like the whole world is circled around this thing when in reality, like my personal life as Alex Perone, it's never really been an issue and hasn't been sad. If anything, it I feel like it makes you more kind of a badass or, or gritty type of person having gone through rejection and pain and, and struggle. So. Um, yeah, we chatted about that. I was like, yeah, I mean, just, it would be cool if if you did share it, because I do think the audience would want to know, for instance, if they saw my hands, if they saw that I had three fingers in both hands, like, uh, or scars on my leg and, and a little bit of swag to my walk. Like, what's that from? Um, so I'm glad that we told it the way we did. I think the writers were so great on my ends because they asked questions about my personal life and asked if it was okay to incorporate it into the story. So, a lot of that stuff with, with Elio, with my, my amigo, when I'm spilling that out to him is all, all factual. It's all true. So it, it felt good to like share my personal story and bring it to life into bottles because it really didn't feel like I was acting a lot of the time. It just felt like I was almost my kid self, um, just in that kind of vulnerable state talking about me. So it was, it was beautiful. And I think he does that a lot with a lot of people on set. You know, everybody's kind of has a lot of truth to their character in real life.
0: Was there any concern, because I assume, given your your limb difference and all that, that you might have had when you speak to casting agents or you go into movie sets or, or something where people want to make the story about that, um, were you concerned that this would ever be something where that becomes the story?
2: Uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, that's also, that's always like the, the case, I think, if you're kind of in this community of performers with disabilities, you know, or, or having a difference in Hollywood. Is you don't want to get typecasted, as just that, and you always hope that the story would revolve more around that, and your character could grow and not just be circled around that. Um, I think with with in this case, uh, you know, like watching if you watch all ten episodes, we don't they don't talk about my hands at all, so I was super pumped about that. I'm just playing bottles, and he just happens to have this thing. But with casting and everything, I I knew Wendy prior to this uh, from the ABC Showcase in 2019. So I had already had a relationship with her and, and shout out to Wendy because I remember she did this workshop after the ABC Showcase and I went up to her on the side and I basically said what you just said, Charles, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm brought in and then as soon as casting directors find out about my hands or something that then I'm not pushed forward and maybe I'm getting in my own head and is that really true? And then she was like, she's like, no, it, you know, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with your talent and, and has brought me in ever since, you know, in some shows, I, you know, I, I didn't land the part, but in retrospect, obviously it was meant to be that I, that I got mines and didn't get those other parts because you know, what a blessing minds has been, but she, she kept bringing me and she didn't give a shit about the, About the hands and and most casting directors don't most most creators don't i think it's just like getting to a point now where diversity is booming and people are starting to want change and see you know see have just have difference you know and have their voices heard
0: i want to i want to let mike ask about talk about spin-offs in a second but i i gotta talk about one scene with you uh which is in the finale we didn't talk about it yet in the podcast but There's a scene where Bottles, his last moment is he gets to, gets to, he is told to (laughs) kill Sophia uh, and it's very brutal. And I remember briefly, I I talked to you and you had said you were worried about people maybe changing their mind about Bottles after that scene. What do you, what do you think is going to be, because we're, we're recording this before anybody has seen the finale. So, so what do you think uh, the reaction is going to be to that?
2: I think it's for sure going to be a shock and surprise. Uh, I think I've seen a lot of people say, theor- you know, theorize like something big is going to happen because he's been pushed around a little bit. He's a prospect. So he has to do something kind of in the last episode, or a lot of people said he maybe is the rat. I think they won't be surprised, uh, that he does something that explosive, but, um, I don't think they'll be surprised about that, but I do think they'll be surprised about Sophia. Um, I think that was pretty sad. That was a hard thing for bottles to do, but anything yeah. for the club.
1: That's what it he is. Was the right? one that knew. He was the one that knew. Like she was probably pregnant. Like he had that moment with the dog with her earlier, and it's like, oh yeah, that my sister's like dog used to do that to her when she's pregnant. So they're like, go kill Sophia. He knows full well what you know what that order means. That's terrible. It's heartbreaking.
2: Maybe you know. I don't, when I was reading the script, I thought it could be both ways. I thought maybe he's just kind of that whimsical bumbly kind of dude who is like oh my sister dog does it and not really be that Maybe he just didn't even clock it. it but he does for sure know uh at the end when he sees the test and everything and does what he does so i don't
1: know well he's yeah he's a prospect doing what he has to do like all he wants to do is earn the patch and just become a brother uh, which I'm so upset that he doesn't get that <laughs> moment. Like they, they bring in um, the other guy to to get patched in, but Bottles doesn't get his moment. Were you a little upset about that?
2: No, because he's sitting at the table at the end. That's true. I think he does. You know, I think ultimately that, that was his way. That was his his last kind of straw of, of getting in. His last thing he had to do um it's true and the numbers the it. numbers are dwindling so if he's sitting at the table i don't think you're allowed to sit at the table unless you're you're patched in
0: that's true yeah. so so mike uh if you've listened to the podcast you know mike and i have talked about uh bottles and elio spinoff sadly <laughs> we knew that elio couldn't be part of it uh rip elio but now it, bottles fate is kind of left to be determined we don't know so i know dominus yeah it is it doesn't look great but um do you have any ideas for what you think bottle should do in the future if he did survive
2: if he did survive that raid um i think that you know i i don't know, I have ideas in my head imagine it like i can create stories about how a spinoff could go and get excited about it but <laughs> uh he could have very well just die at the end of, of episode 10. but if he did survive i think there's a lot of good to bottles and i think he's he's somebody who means really well and will do good, but also is like a 18 year old kid signing up for the military, just kind of excited and wants to be part of this bigger thing and brotherhood. And because of his kind of surgeries and maybe lack of uh, relationships as, as a younger guy, I think in his adulthood now, he 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 like thrives on that and will do whatever it takes. So I think he could play a bigger part with the club but still have kind of a good heart and hopefully make up for what he did in in the finale yeah. at some point.
1: I like to think that a lot of people got gunned down or arrested and Bottles got away and he gets just to be the head of the Mayans by the end of <laughs> it. He's just like, he's the only one left. So he's got to build up like this group of nice guy Mayans that are just like trying to do good and, and just like rule their territory that easy is just kind of plopped in their laps. I think that'd be hilarious.
2: That'd be that'd be cool, and then have Sally maybe part of yeah, that Yeah, well, exactly.
1: <laughs> that wouldn't make everybody sad every time she was on screen or anything.
2: was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Her name y- is Princess.
0: Yeah. Um. You, you, you got to work with her probably more than anybody this year. Uh. What was sure. that like working with a dog?
2: It blows my mind how, how how trained you know she is and, and was, and she's so just like a, a little actress like she is she comes on set she does her thing and then she she dips it out but for the amount of people you guys know behind the scenes on set that could be a lot for person let alone an animal whose senses are like so heightened but she's so and her trainers were, were, were so good too but she just comes in and crushes it does her thing and she's super friendly you know for a pit bull especially everybody has this kind of stigma around pit bulls but
1: yeah we both have them yeah, we both have pit bulls. Yeah. We love them.
2: Oh, sweet, sweet. I used to have one Mine's too. Mine's literally
1: um, snoring like five feet that way. <laughs> <elevated>. <laughs>
2: yeah. <exactly.
0: laughs> so, cool. I, I'm curious. We 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 joke about spinoffs and stuff, but when when you're invited to join a cast like this and you know this is going to be the end, is there a, is it a little bittersweet because you're like, man, I really wish they would have called me two years ago?
2: Yeah, I mean, for sure, it would have been it would have been cool to be on it for the past couple of years, but I think like, you know, teach through everyone's got their own journey. And I think it was meant to be that I was came this at this point, And it honestly felt like I had been there since the beginning because all the guys, uh, you know, and gals on set were so, so nice and welcoming. So I, you know, the first couple of weeks, it felt like family, it felt like I had known everybody for a really long time. So even by the end of that, this season, the, five or six months or whatever it was, it's it still felt bittersweet, like you said, and sad because you just built up all these friendships and relationships, and then it's over. And that was only five or six months. You know, I can't imagine everybody's been here for the past six years. So I, I just feel really grateful to, to have been part of it the whole time. But.
1: It seems like I, Elgin is really able to bring people in like these very interesting, diverse people in and just yeah. instantly make them feel at home. Like one of the things that Charles said about the set visit was like, he instantly felt like he was in the club and that's very, very, that's a a talent in itself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And if you have a hundred people on set and everybody feels like they're part of it, it makes the, just the whole environment feel good. It doesn't feel like work. It really does feel like we're, we're, we're playing, you know? And actually that's what JD said to me a lot when, especially when he was directing episode four, he would always be like, he'd be like, dude, what a dream job. We have you know where we can come in and just like play make-believe and be kids and then be surrounded by our friends and then that kind of makes you be like step back from being nervous and all that and be like holy shit you're right like here we are you know adults being kids and just having fun and playing that's what it's all about and that's how it's always felt every single day on set there
0: so uh i i do want to let you go because uh people can't see this when they're listening but you are currently at a camp where you are, uh, what what exactly are you doing there? I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, it's a camp. It's a summer camp called Camp No Limits, and it's like a traveling children's camp for for kids uh, and teenagers with with limb differences or limb loss, sort of like myself. Um, although I was congenital uh, missing a couple digits, but a lot of these kids are either congenital or or traumatic from an accident or something, lost their limbs over, uh, at, you know, as a kid doing some sports or some crazy stuff and um we do physical therapy here we do occupational therapy and support groups and and have a prosthetist that comes in and lets the kids try on running legs and all that and then that's like the specialty part of the camp and then the rest of the camp is just your typical sweet summer camp zip lines banana boats all that fun stuff so i get to fortunate enough to when i can and and i'm not filming i, I travel to all the camps around the country and Am kind of like an adult uh, amputee mentor myself, so you know, come in, share my experiences as, as a kid, and and kind of give back and try to be the role model that I didn't really have growing up because there was no no camps like this. So it's cool. I like I like feeling recharged leaving LA. You know, you get so hustle bustle with the industry stuff. It's nice to kind of step back and and do something like this that is feels full circle. You know, from from when I was a kid.
0: That's awesome. Before I let you go, I, I just want to make sure, Mike. Any pressing bottles questions that you haven't got the chance to ask him yet?
1: You know, I just I I'm still pulling for the bottles spinoffs. That's that's it. I just want to see more bottles, but obviously Elgin has to kind of give the thumbs up. Have you have you been poking at him like, hey, are we are we gonna get going again, or are you got some more ideas or?
2: I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, you know, tickle the bear and say the wrong <laughs> thing. So I'll just show up in my glasses and my cut next time I see him and just hope <laughs> <it's okay.
1: laughs> just like, you, just like it's a set day. You're just like, what, yeah, what are we no. doing? Where, where are we shooting? Put,
2: put me in coach.
0: <laughs> well, well, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. Uh, it's, it's, thank it's you. great to have you, uh, on the podcast for you for wrap it up. So thank you again.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys. I've been a huge fan and and thanks for having me on. You guys are awesome and all. Awesome. always keep rooting
1: for you all right thanks man bottles for life
2: (laughs) yeah baby All right,
1: okay well done
0: (laughs) that was a good surprise yay uh (laughs) let's let's quickly wrap up we 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 got to talk about the scene because we we get the end of easy and easy dies at the hands of his own brother and everybody else but mainly at his hands so we're talking about Bishop knowing everything. Well, after they they patch in Nestor, they they surprise attack Easy and and Angel, and we're going to kill them both. But Easy quickly says like Angel didn't know, Angel didn't know, and so they said, okay, prove it, Angel, prove that you're loyal to your brothers and kill Easy. And they hand him a knife. Uh, what were you thinking when you saw that? Just yeah, the the perfect dark
1: Shakespearean tragedy of an ending, like. How did we not see this coming? Like, he's been talking about Shakespeare and all this, like, different stuff for this whole time. And you didn't really think that this would end in a Shakespearean way. Um, even to the point where Bishop goes, I read Shakespeare too, motherfucker. <laughs> I um, love that line. Yeah. And, man, like, that scene just broke me, man. Like, yeah, tell your boy about me. Go and never come uh, back. And having him actually have to stab him and then all his brothers are stabbing him it's just one of the most traumatic scenes in the whole series
0: it really Uh, is it's that i i didn't see that coming we joked for a while that easy was going to die but we assumed it would be either at the hands of potter or isaac or or something like that we thought that the the rat part of the discussion had passed with the mm -hmm. passing of creeper and and we probably should have seen it coming with cody being involved but i just i didn't see it coming and when it happened i definitely didn't see it happening with angel being the person who who does the first stab so yeah yeah, rough tragic man and when he awful and when he says tell your boy about me and he says tell her about tell him about mom and he says go and don't come back it's like oh yeah yeah wow yeah and you joke that that was the last uh, you said the 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 scene with Easy and Angel and the bridge was kind of the last moment of humanity for Easy. I really think it's this. I um, suppose, yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is I moment. think I think this is where Easy shows that deep down it, it all was for for family, for Angel. And then, you know, his last the last good thing he can do is to make sure that Angel doesn't die, too.
1: Mm-hmm. And even then I was thinking, like, there's no way they've let him go. <laughs> I was well, thinking Angel was next the whole time.
0: I I don't think they have a justification for killing Angel if he keeps with the lie that he didn't know. I I think that that there I think as much as it was brutal, I think there was the hurt in everybody, especially Bishop was evident where Bishop just was like so just hurt by everything. The idea that you know this guy is the reason the Mayans had a rat is it's yeah. I don't know. I don't think they would have killed Angel, and they didn't. But yeah.
1: Man, dark, dark scene. It really was.
0: So we get the fallout. The last little bit is uh, Sophia uh, is waiting for the pregnancy test, with, waiting for Easy to show up. The door opens. Uh, she's excited to see who it is, thinking Steezy bottles with the AR-15, and he pops a few bullets in her. Uh, we, we talk about that with, with Alex just now. That was, that was a rough scene. Mm-hmm. But, hey, as as Alex says, it, it likely earned him his patch. Um, just a rough way for Sophia to go. Even though I think we've said this, that Sophia kind of was checked out uh, and totally okay with yeah. her situation. So, yeah.
1: And such a dark note to end bottles on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. the character that that was kind of represented the an, an innocence in this club. I mean, he wasn't innocent, but he was about as innocent as you could get. And... Making him that implicit by killing her while she's pregnant, just it does throw a little blood stain on on the character. But I still love him. Like
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm still rooting for more bottles, man. Yeah. So so uh, he leaves the door open. Sally's on her way out. We get Letty driving to the clubhouse. She sees blood. She sees the dog. In her mind, I think she knows uh, this is a situation I shouldn't be involved in. And it's kind of a, a come to Jesus moment for her where she realizes, what am I doing? And she just grabs Sally and leaves. And Marco. she ends up she ends up going to the broken saints and raising her arms. We don't know how they react to her. They've got every reason not to be thrilled with her, even though I don't think they know what she did per se. But, you know, they're they're wounded and, and working through that. So uh, were you? Happy I also to say- don't
1: think they're as ruthless as yeah. the Mayans have become. Yeah. they they just aren't down that path yet they might be s- still going that way but i think they're turning themselves around and i think that that is what letty ultimately wanted and saw in them in in that she has people that can actually help her
0: right and
1: she can have a sisterhood with
0: yeah so, so good for her. Uh, and it was yeah. nice to see the, the broken saints kind of get the little bit ending too. And then we, we get the final bit here, which well second to final bit. Bishop is, is, is now the newly installed president. Cause he was VP before it's very reminiscent to how the whole series started. They're sitting around. It seems like, you know, they're all kind of reeling from what they did, but also, you know, stoic and, and ready to move forward. But then the cops come and Potter is there and they, take the clubhouse and we don't see what happens, but cops go in guns blazing shots are fired. I just assumed everybody died. Uh, what do you, what do you think happened? Yeah. Like I
1: said, I'm I'm thinking most people died, but my boy bottles jumped yeah. out a window <laughs> and was able to get away and reform the Mayans on his own into a bunch of nice guy bikers that are still doing drugs, like dealing drugs and making drugs in Ilio's memory um but are doing <laughs> they it, do it, it in, in elio's way. memory yeah i, I it love nice that way.
0: <laughs> i just imagine a cookhouse with this big picture of elio and just like like you know like candles like a shrine i love it uh, even the dogs got a job and a cut <laughs> so so yeah so that's a yeah we I just assumed it was just a a negative ending for everybody. At least everybody gets, you know, arrested. The survivors do whatever. Mm -hmm. And we get the scene where, where Potter's talking to Cody as they watch this happen. And he says, the levy will hold for now. And that goes back to the original discussion where he's talking about, you know, the bodies that pile up act as a levy to keep kind of everything in order and keep the, the, the huge flood at bay. And then this is his way to, He doesn't, I assume, doesn't know that Miguel has died and that the deputy inspector general's case has fallen apart, but this is his response, which is, you know, I'm going to give them something good. I'm going to take down this huge, massive organization and uh, that'll be good for now.
1: Right before the deputy inspector general can even do it. So he's going to get all the accolades and he's going to be the one that can't be punished.
0: And it, and it goes back to a scene that we uh, we didn't talk about, which is with the deputy inspector general and her coworker. And he says, "The government loves to applaud their people, not lock them up," and yep. and that's kind of what happens. And he uh, knows we that. assume, yeah, yeah. So then Potter we get. Is the smart as shit. Yeah, he really is. We get the real end of the series, which is Angel and Mav on a beach, sunrise or whatever. And we pan around to Angel's back, where he had the tattoo of the cut on his back. The the symbol is still there, but mine's motorcycle club Santo Padre is blacked out, and uh, that's it. Angel and Mav escape, um, and we don't really know what the future holds for them.
1: Yeah, but a beautiful ending that we were desperately hoping for. Yeah, is Angel got out with Mav, and hopefully, you know, if as he says, he you know takes a job as a janitor and lives happily ever after with Maverick, and yeah. doesn't have to bring him into the darkness of the club
0: or the Rea's curse or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can break that. So Mike, what were your overall thoughts on, on how the series wrapped up? Oh man. Like my wife has
1: been like walking in and just kind of eyeing certain scenes uh, while I'm watching this throughout like the, the show. And I think she watched like the first couple seasons and would have definitely kept watching, but I have to turn through certain things um especially this year for 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 this but she walked in while I was watching the finale and the <laughs> angel and maver on the beach i'm crying on the couch <laughs> because it's just yeah, yeah. devastating no, the last I know. like 10 15 minutes of this show is is just it kills you and then as soon as it cuts to black she goes so how did it end? And I'm just like, I'm like, I am not in a place to talk to the to you right now about this. I'm like, I need a minute. <laughs> Couldn't really explain what happened. But she's like, did pretty boy live? Because she always talked about JD, you know, easy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I could <had to laughs> describe that to her and I could barely make it through that. Yeah. It it this this episode was both beautiful and Absolutely horrifying. It was everything that the Mayans needed to be to like wrap up properly. So I was so so it's hard to say you're satisfied with the amount of like carnage and death and darkness that this (laughs) this season finale has but I was so satisfied with it just as a story and a way to wrap up the series
0: yeah yeah to me i i watched it uh i watched it with my wife she's been a trooper and and watching all this with me she loves the show too and uh she literally was uh sniffling or crying the entire runtime of this episode uh and 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 i yeah i definitely shed tears too it was a very good ending exactly what i hoped would happen in the sense that like i wanted it to to leave me not asking questions or wondering what if but just give me the story and 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 hopefully, I accept it. And this one was just incredible, and and beautifully shot, beautifully acted, really well written, and and definitely is the way this show had to end. It almost felt like
1: its own thing, you know. It felt like a Mayans movie to end it all. It
0: really did. Um, Yeah.
1: Which is, yeah, it it felt like I leading up to it, I was like, how are they going to close all this up in one finale? Because you kept waiting for the dominoes to to fall. And you're like, they're saving all of this for the end. It's going to feel so like jammed together and like rushed, but it didn't at all. Like there were moments where it breathed really well, had like quiet character moments and then all the action and terrifying shit that happens. It's just, it was as perfect as a Mayans finale could be.
0: Yep. Couldn't say it better myself. So with that, uh, I want to wrap up. Thank you, Mike, for doing this. And And actually, before we wrap up, I want to, I want to, say a couple of things about the 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 podcast here. Uh, I got to thank several people who helped me put this podcast together. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this podcast was something I just thought about doing randomly because I love the show and I wanted to give it kind of the spotlight for the final season. And I'm shocked at the people who just were like, yeah, you should do this and encouraged me to do it. So I got to thank Mike for doing this because I basically said, I'm going to host a Mayans podcast. you want to do it? AKA, will you do it? AKA, you need to do this with me. And and <laughs> you you just were like, sure, I'll do it. Uh, and yeah. I think it was it was a lot of fun. So thank you for talking about these episodes with me.
1: Well, thank you for getting me back on the minds train because I had left off in season three. Yeah. And I was eventually gonna finish it, but I was in really no rush. But I I churned through season four super fast. And this has been a really like rewarding season five to go through with you.
0: Yeah. So uh, my pleasure. It- and thank you for uh for the the mystery episode that nobody will hear, which was one where we had this really great talk <laughs> that I just forgot to hit record. Um- <laughs> if
1: any of the episodes we did felt a little rushed, that one was the one where we recorded it already. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or didn't record it. Didn't record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but had a really great conversation. Also, I gotta I gotta thank. Team Mayans at FX Publicity, uh, Laura, Joanna, and Taylor, who have been nothing but generous and accommodating. They're lovely people. They bent over backwards. uh, When I told them I had an idea to do an episode uh, per week and interview one person per episode, they were like, let's make it happen. So thank you to them. Also, thank the cast who joined me and, and spoke about stuff. Obviously, Alex Barone hopped on for the finale here, but also Emilio Rivera, J.R. Bourne, Emily Tosta, J.D. Pardo, Frankie Loyal, Carla Barada, Joseph Lucero, Vincent Vargas, Sarah Bulger, and Clayton Cardenas, who obviously is uh, on play as interview next. So that was cool. The the lineup of people I got, everybody I asked for. So fantastic. And then I got to thank Elgin James for being just an incredibly welcoming and generous person uh, over the last few years. Just like you hear the cast say week after week when I talk to them, Elgin is the real deal. He clearly put his whole heart and soul into Mayans. And it's really impressive to see and know that he's just that good of a person behind the scenes as well. I got to say one of the, the coolest things was uh, the second time I interviewed him. He, I don't, I didn't include it in the interview, but he stopped to like, you know, thank me for being a fan and and writing about the show. And it was just something you don't, Mike can attest to this. When you, when you interview these people, the last thing they do is probably pay attention to what you do. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's always nice and and special when somebody like takes the time out to, to recognize that, you know, you, you enjoy it. So. Yeah. So uh, much
1: so that they're like inviting you back to host like panels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's really been crazy because everybody's just been indulging my Mayans fandom for a few months now. Uh, (laughs) It's been, it's been amazing and yeah, a lot of fun. So thanks everybody. And you gotta get the back tat now. Oh, God, no. That's how we end this. <laughs> I would too, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do that. All right, guys, stick around. There's still more to come. Got my interview with Clayton to play next. And then tomorrow, again, I'm going to share my, my latest interview with Elgin James. Where we're going to talk even more about the finale and, and season five and just Mayans as a whole. So stick around for that. So thank you. Battles forever. uh thanks for joining me clay this is awesome Uh, you are the final cast interview i have for my podcast series uh and i think it's fitting because let's get into it you're basically the only one who survives
3: (laughs) uh yeah i mean you know um i think one of the yeah i mean there are some other survivors but i think uh, as far as story-wise yes uh, angel is the last one standing
0: yeah so I I spoke with you last year, and you had told me that you and Elgin had talked about the the final scene already of the show. And I'm curious if that final scene was was you and Maverick on the beach, or or what was that? What did what did you and Elgin talk about?
3: He, yes, it was the the final scene that Elgin. It was very vivid and clear and well thought out, and it went exactly according to his plan, which was phenomenal. Yeah, he told me he's like. I wanted to have you and Maverick, um, alone on the beach. And, um, you know, I want I want to shoot you guys together and I want to see just the culmination of the whole show, just kind of running through your eyes and everything that's happened and, um, you know, Maverick being Maverick, uh, I, I, I haven't seen the, the final shot, uh, just by the way, Charles. So just, but, um, I'm interested, I, I I'm wondering which take Elgin chose, uh, seeing seeing maverick uh because maverick was doing he was he was he was just being the phenomenal co-star that he was uh it was i remember it was it was so cold on the beach and you know Mavericks, i could feel him kind of uh shivering a little bit and he's getting so cold that he's digging his little toenails like <laughs> the my my the side of my body is like literally cutting into my skin and like I'm in pain, but at the same time, like, oh, this little dude's cold. Like he needs this for warmth. So that was an interesting moment that we had. Sorry, circling back to Elgin. Um, no man, it, it's exactly that's exactly what he told me. He said, "I want to see you and Maverick together on the beach, and we're gonna shoot in Mexico." He's like, "I don't know if we don't have the budget for it. but I'm gonna make it work," and he made it work, man. He somehow <laughs> they found the money to do it.
0: and he might even use some of his own money quite honestly you know like i think that's we were at that point so uh you had mentioned maverick and and I, i have this random question because as i'm watching the show i'm watching the episode where louisa dies and you and maverick go back to your house and you're sitting on the bed and she's not home and there's this moment where maverick actually crawls up to your side and almost like cuddles you for a second and I have a two year old and the idea that a, you could get a kid that age to do that. It just boggles my mind. Was that just planned or, or just completely spontaneous?
3: No, you know, Charles, we had this conversation before. It was like, there's no directing a baby. You know, <laughs> you just, it's impossible. Um, and throughout the season, he was doing things like that all the time. I don't know if you also recall in that same episode when we were at the, um, we were at the drugstore, and I'm trying to find medicine for him. He, he he sees me picking at like reading through things like, oh, is this the right one? And he actually picks up something that I'm reading and he's holding it. And he actually did that. He did that multiple times on take. So it's like, he could feel, he's just so intuitive and he can just feel the energy and what's happening in the room, you know? So and what I realized was working with him is that if my, if I can like, if, my and he's reading my energy right he's not um understanding what i'm saying he's feeling me so it's like okay if i can internally believe what i'm doing in this moment he'll pick up on this you know so that was kind of something that i learned to work with him um but back to that scene no that that was something that was not planned the plan was just to lay him on the bed and we were kind of circling back to um a previous uh season where she had left the ring on that on the table, on the uh, on the little side table right there. And so we were trying to like circle back to that moment and um show that grief again. And it was the second take, you know. So the, the original idea was just to lay him on the bed and then uh just let let him lay down. And then uh you just I want you to, he's like, like, I just want you to stare at the side table. Um so the second take, Maverick, he sees me sitting on the bed, and he just he gets up on his own on his own accord, as you saw. And he crawls and little self over, and he sits right next to me, man. Like that is something you can't script. I remember everybody on the day was like, "Oh my god!" You know, production. You know, the crew was like, "What just happened?" And you know, I don't even think we shot another take after that. Elgin was like, "I'm using that."
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, let's talk about the other big shock in, uh, in this episode, which is easy's finally outed as the rat. The club forces angel to stab his own brother and choose the club over his family. When did you find out that angel was going to be the one who initially stabs easy? And did you think that there was ever going to be a, it, personally, do you think that there's ever a way that angel refuses that?
3: Yes. I, I, um... Elgin had spoken. He had told me that this was going to happen prior to the season happening. Um, how we were going to get there, um, he didn't. He probably had it in his mind, but he didn't, he didn't tell me. So it was a surprise, like how we got to Angel doing it. Um, and yeah, I think throughout the whole scene, he's reluctant to do that. You know, he this is uh, you know he knows that there was something bound to happen but i don't know if it was gonna he he had the idea that would go to these lengths and these extremes where he's actually having to you know stab his own brother unwillingly i thought to to be honest charles i thought it was was gonna be some strange i I, originally when elgin told, told me that, i was like oh angel wants he's gonna he wants to do this like he's gonna do something to him to where like he gets some kind of sad joy out of this you know um but no that whole scene agent angel was definitely reluctant um and you know no that, that that was a that was man that was a tough day that was a tough scene to shoot um i mean as you can see again i again i haven't seen it yet but um on the day i remember you know even before we started rolling people were in tears you know um in rehearsal people were me i'm, I'm, I'm i was in tears the most i was on the ground crying but that was a really tough moment. I think in that moment, everybody it finally fit, hit everybody like, oh, this is over. We're not this. This isn't happening again. You know, there's no coming back tomorrow. There's no uh, no. This is it. I might not see some of these guys ever again. You know, so I think that kind of hit everybody. Um, so it was very tough. Uh. Yeah, man. Wow. Just bringing, like, just talking about that day is, it, it gets me a little emotional as well. Cause that was a, that was something that, that I, yeah, was, that was a hard experience. About
0: so I've had the pleasure of seeing you and, and JD interact <clears throat> on and off screen together. And it's clear to me that you guys have like a special bond and great chemistry. I think that really helped obviously immensely on screen with, with Angel and EZ's bond. What is it about JD that made it work so well between you guys?
3: And he's is just a great leader. You know, he's been doing this for a while now, so he knows the ins and outs and, you know, he's worked on uh, multiple productions, so he knows, like, uh, how to be professional, first of all, that's a major thing, um, and he's just a great leader, you know, he, he doesn't take, he, you know, there's been moments where people will, will act out of character and J.D. doesn't take it personal, you know he's able to take a step back and have an understanding moment why, why this person is going through this so that's first and foremost you know he's a he's a good listener you know he's he's known to like um i he's known to like come to your trailer and you know ask how you're doing and, you know, are you having any trouble like he you know he's, he's known for that so that's what makes him really that makes him really accessible therefore that makes him a really good leader um but early on, I think him and I, we knew that this relationship between these me and you, you and I, um, it has to work like this. You know, if it's going to be begrudgingly or willingly like this relationship for this show to work, this has to work. So I think at first we both had that mentality. But through over time, I think we figured out we are actually a lot more similar than not. You know, and so like that relationship has grown over time and, it, and it's a real, it's a real brotherhood now. So, you know, I've always, you know, hats off to JD. He's, he's always been, um, he's always been a good, a good friend to me.
0: As I watched season five, I couldn't help but yell at my screen at Angel to just tell him to run away. You know, there are so many moments where I'm like, just pack up, leave, get out of there. Why do you think Angel stuck it out into the end and it wasn't really just his allegiance to easy.
3: Yeah. I mean, not only to easy, but to the whole Mayan brotherhood, I think in the, what initially got Angel into the club was he was striving for some type of uh, structure of family, you know, something he lacked growing up. Um, And so I think that was what kept him in and, you know, for sure, first and foremost, he wanted to make sure his baby brother was going to be okay. You know, he knew that something was going to happen. He just didn't know how it was going to happen. And so I think Angel was really wanting to stick it out to make sure Easy, you know, didn't go off the rails. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work out like that. But it's more so, I think it was definitely more so the Minds sea Brotherhood that is what kept Angel around.
0: So let's talk about Louisa. So I think it was absolutely heartbreaking the way that relationship ended with with her and Angel. Uh, she truly loved him. I believe Angel really loved her. But now Angel's left with these questions because of how she ha- how she was killed. He just believes that she left, which is which is heartbreaking. So do you think Angel in the future just ever finds out what happened, and do you think he actually believes she left, or that he knows deep down something bad happened?
3: That's a great question, Charles. I continually ask myself this question: like, does he ever find out? Does he ever figure things out? I don't think he does. You know, I think it's one of these these loves that you know we experience in life where we wish it would have happened differently. And and um, and that that relationship with Luisa, you know, that that put Angel in a tailspin a few times. You know, like this has happened a few times now, and I think this this final the final scene where you see where he, one of the final scenes where you see that, um you know, as you brought up earlier, the Angel Maverick scene where they're on the, on the bed together. He's just so heartbroken. I, I think like that he he's going to try and push her out of his memories. As hard as that is and hard as that may be, you know, and now they, it, it, it's just, uh it's something that he's, wanted to experience but didn't want to experience at the same time and I I, I, I don't know man that's it's just a tough situation for
0: him. yeah so I I spoke to Carla a couple weeks ago and I asked her the same question so I'm curious what you think what is it about Angel and Louisa that works why were they so good together
3: you know I think they were both searching for some type of structure some type of like Familial bond that they both lacked, and I just think these two opposites they just attracted, and you know they were both needing somebody, they were both needing the other half, and I think that Luisa was just this this strong woman that kind of reminded Angel of his mother, in a sense. So that's why you know on Angels and that's why the, that that was that's why that attraction worked, and that's why that love worked um i'm curious to hear what carla said about it though because that you know that's what's really interesting
0: i i think i I would have to to listen again but i think it was something to the effect of they're just like two broken people that kind of are are brought together because of that Um, and
3: no well said you know they they both had their traumatic experiences on their ends and these are two people that needed again like i was saying they needed some type of structured familial bond and that just it just happened to work out like that
0: yeah so one of the, uh, I, I think it's sweet, but also it happens at the the point where EZ is about to die. He, he tells Angel to make sure Maverick kind of knows about his uncle Easy. And I'm curious, what, what do you think, you know, years down the line when Angel talks with Maverick, what do you think he'll, he'll tell him about his uncle Easy? I think he's going to, you know, when he's going to have fond memories of his, of his
3: brother, um, Maverick's uncle, um, you know, he'll call, he'll remember Easy as being a strong leader that was fearless and incredibly intelligent and, you know, took the minds to places that we never thought we'd get to. And, you know, he'll kind of make his uh, <laughs> his uncle sound like this type of folk hero, you know. Easy was always destined to be somebody great, you know. And the path that he took um Wasn't the one that we all thought as a um, as a younger Reyes I mean, that we thought he was going to take, but you know he is the man, the myth, the legend. He is the king of the Mayans.
0: So, so you mentioned the 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 when they grew up and and the Reyes aspect of it, and over the course of the series, we heard quite a bit about the Reyes curse, right? This is the idea that the Reyes men are kind of all doomed and destined for terrible things. And you could argue that we saw it kind of play out with easy, but, but angel, I think he kind of, he breaks the curse. Do you, do you think that's the case now that angel has to raise another Reyes man?
3: No, I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't think he's, he's broken the curse. I think he's still going to be damaged. Um, he's still damaged goods in a sense, which, you know, he's thinking his, the love of his life has left him. So I think he feels that the curse has continued, you know, um, there's still, there's not a mother figure in, in um, Maverick's life, you know? Um, and I think people with that, that go through these traumatic experiences, they, it, it continues to linger in some cases. And I think that's going to continue to be the case with, with Angel and Maverick, unfortunately, you know, it's not always a, a beautiful ending to these stories, unfortunately.
0: So, so let's talk about that a little bit more. Angel has grown so much over the five seasons and, and, I think there's a little bit of hope at the end that angels kind of truly done with the outlaw life. He even mentions at the last templo meeting that, you know, he'll, he echoes what Bishop said. He'll, he'll be a janitor if it means that he gets to be with his son. So do you think that angel actually would be happy living that, that, that father life, or do you think that outlaw life will, will bring him back eventually? No, you know, I think,
3: I think he's really done with the life. I think, you know, as you know, Charles, when, when you have a child or children, like a perspective of everything changes. Um, what's important and what is healthy, healthy—that all that tends to shift in, 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 in your focus now. So I, I think he does find some solace in being, you know, a janitor or just, you know, something that is out of the outlaw life. I think the outlaw life was something that was intriguing to him in the beginning be fun throughout and there's excitement and, um, you know, there's excitement that comes with all that. But I think with everything that's happened, especially seeing, being a part of the death of his brother and, you know, seeing what's happened with his father and and thinking that his love Luis has left, I think he's starting fresh now. I think he's starting new. I think he's all about raising his son from this point on.
0: And and before I let you go, I just kind of, since, you know, the series is over, you've had some time, you haven't seen the episode, but you've had some time to reflect on it. What do you think will uh, stick with you most about your time on Mayans? Yeah,
3: I just learned so much from from everybody, Charles, and learned how to be professional. And obviously I'm going to miss being around all the guys and that camaraderie, and that brotherhood, and I'll think about all the times when we were offset together, that was some of the most fun times that I've had with people and all throughout my life, but also learning a lot from um, Edward James Olmos, you know, that's a, a legend, and so just, I just, I think about, I think back to all the conversations that we had off screen, he was teaching me so many things about camera angles, and lighting, and how to start a scene or close a scene or um, um, line of sight and things, you know, so he was just just a, a deep well of information that I just soaked up, man. And I really appreciate that. And again, also, I mean, I would be wrong to say I'm gonna, you know, I really will miss my experience with JD. I think that bond it's rare to find—not rare—you see it all the time on TV, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's not. Um, we don't see that every day. And working with him just made everything so easy and fluid and fun, and it became dynamic. And we both understood our own lanes, so we knew how to work off each other and with each other. So you know, the relationships is what I'm going to to miss and think about the most, you know, every time I, I think about these guys, um I get emotional, man. You know, being alone and, and 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 just thinking back to all of our experience, it gets, it's, 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 uh it gets emotional because you you go through so many things with these guys, man, good and bad. So the relationships, what oh, I'm gonna miss the most
0: yeah well on that note i i think that's a, a good place to wrap up thank you so much for for speaking with okay. me we're, we're so happy that angel survived <laughs> me and everybody i know we we're talking about as long as angel and maverick survive uh we're happy so so thank god well, for thanks,
3: that <laughs> i appreciate you charles man thanks for being such a great friend
0: and fan man appreciate All
3: it right.